The call to post means it's time for Off to the Races on the Racing Biz Radio Network. We're talking thoroughbred racing and breeding from Virginia, around the Mid-Atlantic, and across the country. Off to the Races is powered by the Racing Biz, the independent voice for Mid-Atlantic racing and breeding. Find them at www.theracingbiz.com. Now here's your host with Off to the Races on the Racing Biz Radio Network. Hey, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Off to the Races. It is Saturday, the 29th of February. Hey, happy leap year, by the way, and a happy Saturday to you. Thanks so much for spending a little bit of your Saturday morning with us here on Off to the Races Radio. My name's Frank Vespi. I'm going to be your host. We're going to be talking thoroughbred racing and breeding in Virginia, across the Mid-Atlantic, and around the country for the next hour. It is Show number two of 2020. We're excited to be on the air here. Our 21st year, that's a long time in radio years, going to be on the air from now through the last Saturday in August. So a lot of work to do, a lot of things to talk about over the next several months. Got off to a great start with our show last weekend. Got a fun show lined up today. So stick around here, what we're going to be talking about. Got a couple of good guests. Of course, Derby Bill and Nick Hahn going to be here. So a lot of good things going on here. Here on Off to the Races. Today's show powered by The Racing Biz. Check them out, the independent voice from Mid-Atlantic Racing and Breeding, www.theracingbiz.com. You can also get the free mobile app for your Apple and Android devices. Also find them on social media, Facebook, Facebook, I could say that, Instagram, Flickr, Twitter. They are at The Racing Biz. Always happy to hear from folks on social media at The Racing Biz. Always happy to hear from people online at theracingbiz.com. Today's edition of Off to the Races is presented by our friends at the Virginia Thoroughbred Association, the Virginia Equine Alliance. They are helping to make Virginia racing history. You can learn more about them at virginiahorseracing.com. That's our friends at the VTA and the VEA, virginiahorseracing.com to get all the info. It was a pretty quiet week last weekend, our first weekend on the air. In terms of stakes action, not really a lot of consequence going on. One race I do want to point out was it took place at Charlestown, the biggest race at Charlestown last weekend. That was the $35,000 gold watch stakes, and that went to last print. These two come to the top of the stretch, and Strong Like Bull has moved past Phone My Posse again. Last print moving in with Dupree and Nova Boy wide open here, coming to the 16th pole. Here comes Last Print, and he goes right on by. Nova Boy down the center and Dupree, but it's Last Print and Carlos Delgado to take the gold watch by a length and a half over Nova Boy, then Dupree and Strong Like Bull in 51 and 3. That race named for Gold Watch. He was the first horse to break 51 seconds flat going four and a half furlongs at Charlestown. The current track record, Immortal Eyes, 50.09 for four and a half. But the actual real reason I want to talk about this race is his last print. It was his first stakes when he was bred and is owned and trained by Javier Contreras. It's been actually an interesting year for Javier Contreras. He and his owners had planned to bring back their, their stable star, the multiple graded stakes winner, Late night powwow this year would have been her five-year-old season. 
But as they were trying to get her ready, she just wasn't progressing the way they had hoped she would. So they made the decision to retire her. She's going to be bred a little bit later in the season. That might have made Contreras think it was going to be a rough 2020. But in fact, the trainer won both overnight stakes at Charlestown during the month of February. He took the gold watch, as you just heard. And on Valentine's Day, he won the Valentine's Day overnight stakes with Chiefs Kingdom. You can read a little bit more about what's going on with Javier Contreras at the racingbiz.com a better month than expected. On the business side of things, last weekend we had Alan Rifkin and Alan Foreman in here discussing the bills in the Maryland State Legislature that would permit the Maryland Jockey Club Club to raise and rebuild Pimlico and Laurel Park. Those bills had their first hearings on Tuesday. Here's Speaker of the Maryland House, Adrian Jones, who introduced the House legislation. Specifically, This bill preserves the historic Preakness states at Pimlico for generations to come. It enhances year-round sustainable racing at Laurel Park. It modernizes both racing venues that are over 100 years old and their aging infrastructure. Those bills had hearings on Tuesday. They met with mostly favorable responses from Maryland legislators. And that favorable response played out yesterday. The Senate Budget Committee unanimously approves the legislation. That now heads to the Senate floor perhaps next week. So so legislation that, that the Maryland thoroughbred industry has identified as critical to its future is making progress moving through the Maryland House. We'll keep an eye on that going forward. One last thing I want to touch on before we hit our first break here on Off to the Races. Today's the first running of the richest horse race in the world. That's $20 million Saudi Cup. Other than this little screed, we're not going to be talking about the Saudi Cup here today. A couple reasons for that. One is the Saudi Cup is what has come to be known as sports washing. That is the practice of a uh, government regime that that has perhaps a questionable record on human rights or democracy issues, using sports as a way to add some luster to the national name, a little bit like what the Soviet Union used to do, you know, with with sports, for example, in the Olympics, kind of say, hey, you know, our system's not as repressive as you think it is because we're good in basketball or ice hockey or in this case because we host an important racing event and that doesn't seem like a great reason for us to be involved but if you don't like your horse racing with a side of politics here's another reason not to bet on the saudi cup the very high wagering takeout the takeout on win play show bets is going to be 20 percent and on exotic wagers reportedly 27 percent that's a pretty high rake so we're going to be skipping out on the saudi cup you get a much lower rake at lots of places including later on in the season colonial downs we are up against our first break here on off to the races great show lined up today of course derby bill and nick hong gonna be in to join us a little bit later down the road we're going to visit with author jennifer kelly at work on her second horse racing book but up next we're going to talk all things virginia daryl wood and debbie east are going to join us here you're listening to off to the races radio and we're coming right back 
You own a business or help make the marketing decisions where you work? Then why not advertise with Richmond's number one sports station? Market your company during one of our exclusive play-by-play broadcasts or local sports talk shows. This year, we've got Atlanta Braves baseball, plus every Sunday night game, home run derby, all-star game, and the entire Major League Baseball postseason. To learn more about these sponsorship opportunities, call 804-672-9299. Be part of the winning team. Begin advertising today with ESPN Richmond. Here in the RVA, we love our barbecue. That doesn't mean frozen, processed, or pre-cooked, but real, authentic barbecue. And that's what Buzz and Ned's delivers every day. Buzz cooks with fresh-cut hickory locks that produces meat so moist and tender it melts in your mouth with a sweet, tangy sauce that lingers all day. Don't settle when it comes to Southern barbecue. Make your next stop Buzz and Ned's Real Barbecue. Satisfying food lovers since 1992. There's a new team playing in RVA. 1-2 cranked high and deep to right field. Hit with tremendous force and way out of here. The Atlanta Braves are coming to ESPN Richmond. That ball crushed by Marquecas. That ball is gone into the basket. Atlanta Braves baseball is coming. The season opens March 26th in Arizona. Listen to Braves baseball this season on your home of the Braves. How do you like me now? 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. If you look around your neighborhood this spring, you'll notice something happening. The lawns are greener, thicker, healthier, and, well, just more beautiful. And that's thanks to the local expertise of Virginia Green Lawn Care. With over 100 licensed, certified technicians and one dog. At Virginia Green, we respect the lawn. With programs backed by science and over 15 years of experience. Get your free estimate now at virginiagreen.com. And soon your yard will be Virginia Green and your neighbors even greener with envy. It happens only once every four years, and it's happening this Saturday. Leap Day 2020, this Saturday, the 29th of February. And what better way to celebrate this rare occasion than with something even more rare at Diamonds Direct. Come and see a special collection of precious diamonds and colored gemstones and let us help you pick out something they will enjoy every day, but especially on every leap day in the future as a reminder of your love. Put this extra day of 2020 to good use and do something truly memorable with a diamond bracelet, a pair of diamond earrings, a sapphire and diamond tennis bracelet, or an exquisite certified diamond. Ask about extra savings and extra financing options on this one extra day of the year. And like with any other day of the year, you can count on Diamonds Direct for the guaranteed lowest price and a free lifetime warranty. One that will cover you for every leap year way into the future. Diamonds Direct. Take the leap and make this Saturday count. Get directions and store hours now at DiamondsDirect.com. Covering our local teams with a local passion. We're dedicated to the most sports talk for true RVA sports fans. 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Welcome back, everybody. Off to the races. First segment in the books here. We are talking thoroughbred racing and breeding from here, there, and everywhere. And let's talk about it from here right now. My name is Frank Vespi. Let's talk about a little bit of Virginia racing here. Got Daryl Wood, Debbie Easter going to join me. Daryl, we're going to start with you on our Virginia Racing and Breeding Minute. A lot of things going on, a lot of things coming up. What's happening in Virginia right now? 
Well, Frank, yeah, thanks. Uh, and, and again, best of luck for your 21st year. It's great to have you back on the air here in Richmond uh, on Saturday mornings. But uh, one of the neat things, uh, not so much from an equine uh, standpoint, but for the horse players today, after many months of uh, not doing any kind of handicapping contest at the off-track betting centers, uh, Colonial Downs uh, is introducing a brand-new series beginning today. Uh, it's a free handicap tournament that's going to run through uh, late July. So the fans can go to any of the five participating OTBs. The two in Richmond are Ponies and Pints and Breakers. The track in New Kennet Rosies is playing as well. Just go there by 3 o'clock, pick up a free entry. You're going to handicap the last seven races at Gulfstream today, which has got, as we all know, a powerhouse card and play for $100 in betting vouchers. But the new twist this year is the players are going to accumulate points based on where they finish. And at the end of this uh, series that goes through July, the top 10 point getters are going to move on to the uh, Colonial Downs Handicapping Classic and get a free entry into that in August. And that's that's a $550 prize. So there's definitely reason to now go out to the sites, enjoy the Fountain of Youth Day today, but have a vested interest in winning some more money, betting vouchers, and a chance at a at the big contest uh, this August. All right, that sounds good, Daryl. Are we are we not also coming up to uh, kind of the kickoff of some racing in Virginia? Yeah, we're <laughs> we're about there. It's uh, it's going to be a busy year, and it's uh, great that we've had uh, getting through the winter months here. But next Saturday, Frank, the Point to Point Spring Series in Virginia kicks off at the Rappahannock Hunt. Uh, we'll appoint the point. Uh, the jump race is pretty much every weekend in March and April. That leads up to the Virginia Gold Cup on May 2nd, the Colonial Down Summer Season, which begins July 23rd, and then the Shenandoah Downs Harness Season, which uh, starts on September the uh, 18th. So uh, starting next Saturday, we roll pretty much every week through uh, through late fall. So it's uh, it's a good time of year and looking forward to a great year. All right, good stuff. So handicapping contest kicking off today at the Colonial Downs facilities and, and OTBs and then the point-to-point racing and steeplechase season kicks off next week. Daryl, thanks for the quickie update on Virginia racing and breeding. Frank, thanks. Talk to you next week. Sounds great. Debbie Easter, Executive Director of the Virginia Thoroughbred Association, President of the Virginia Equine Alliance, joins us now as well. Debbie, welcome to the program. Thanks, Frank. Glad to be back on. It's uh, it's uh, when you all start up again. It always is an exciting time in racing, and uh, Daryl's outline for us, uh, you know, which is what is just a great spring and summer time of racing here in Virginia. Yeah, no, it's exciting. It's exciting to you know, and you you know, spring is coming when people start talking about things like points to point to points and and uh, steeplechase racing. So it's exciting to see. Debbie, I want to want to start with this. About a month ago, you had a column in the Times Dispatch saying that legislation that was going to persist that try that again permit casino style gambling in Virginia could have. Uh, troubling impacts on the industry. You were you used phrases like potentially catastrophic and ruinous. Why is that, and where do we stand now on this legislation? So just just like everywhere, uh, uh, Frank, the casinos and and uh, and wagering on horse racing. Uh, uh, you know, the casinos seem to have a detrimental effect, and and even to the uh, to the uh, amount that the uh, the legislative uh, study committee, JLARC, said that if casinos um, came to Virginia and were placed near 
near our Rosie's HHR facilities that uh, the horse industry might lose up to 45% of its revenues. That would be, you know, that would be catastrophic here as we're, as we're, you know, we've had two great years of growth here in the, in the horse business in Virginia. and, And we just hate to see that change. So, you know, my message to legislators, I hope, was like, look, it looks like casinos are inevitable here in Virginia, but let's just make sure that we do this so that everybody's playing at a level at a level playing field and that whatever we do, we do it smart and we don't forget about the uh, horse industry when you uh, when you put these casinos around. Talking with Debbie Easter, the Virginia Thoroughbred Association here. So, so what would that, what would smart look like from your all's perspective, Debbie? Well, there's there's currently two bills going in that that was that were crafted by the casino people and Colonial Downs was involved, and and uh, currently the bills in uh, that have made it through uh, committees in both the House and Senate uh, look like it, it looks like they're. It, that possibly we might have the opportunities for casinos in Bristol, Danville, Norfolk, uh, Portsmouth, and Richmond. Um, and what uh, I think what they've all decided is is that for every casino referendum that's passed, Colonial would get a an additional um, 600 machines uh, uh, to be able to put in their rosies. And it would also allow in Vinton and Dumfries, where we have referendums in one facility and only where we can only have 150 machines because of the population, it would allow us to increase the machine limits in, in those areas. And and I think that's how, especially in Dumfries, because that's a spot where, uh, think of the Rosie's facilities in Richmond and Hampton and potentially Chesapeake that are going to be surrounded potentially by casinos, those are, those are going to take an economic hit. So uh, the Dumfries... Uh, the Dumfries facility would actually, you know, is in a new spot where it's not going to have competition. And I think they, they feel like that's a good trade off and, and a fair way to compete. And do you guys feel like the uh, permission to have additional machines, is that going to be sufficient to protect the, the racing industry's interests here? I hope so. You know, I think that Colonial's in the, in the mix for potentially uh, a casino in Richmond and, and potentially in Danville. Um, if that happens, we might see a situation where, uh, you know, HHR machines are traded out for slot machines. But I don't know. You know, I'm not an expert in gaming. Uh, I've got to rely a little bit on, on what Colonial feels like is fair. And they, I think they think that that's a, a good way for them to be able to uh, compete, not lose a significant share of the revenue like the JLARC uh, report uh, uh, stated. So I, I'm curious, just for your take on on this, Debbie. Uh, you know, three years ago, Virginia hated you know the the gambling. Last year, they were frantic that there only be a limited number of historical horse racing machines and strict controls about population. And now, all of a sudden, we're talking about having casinos. What happened? I'm not really sure. I, uh, <laughs> I, that's uh, that's up to the politicians, and uh, I, you know, as a as a person in Virginia, obviously racing is you know wagering is a, a very important part of our game. I just I just hope for Virginia, how however this shakes out, that that there's good thought 
that uh, is put into all of it. Because if we're going to have casinos, we're going to have historic horse racing, we need to make this work for all Virginians. And uh, not only the horse racing folks, but obviously you see the push for the Pamunkey Indians, everybody. It's, it's just got to be something that works for everybody. But I, I hope it I hope it gets the thought that it needs to have so that it that it works smoothly and everybody can work together. Talking with Debbie Easter of the Virginia Thoroughbred Association, Virginia Equine Alliance here. And Debbie, last year was the first year of historical horse racing machines, first year of Colonial Downs coming back. What kind of progress did you all see on the on the you know breeding end, on the horses in Virginia, and what kind of strides do you feel like the industry made last year? I think that uh, there's been this enthusiasm in the uh, in the in the agricultural part of the horse industry for us, our farms are two things that are driving that. One, the the reopening of Colonial Downs is just creating a, a, a avenue for our play, our folks to be able to race uh, on flat racing in the state. Obviously, um, but our incentive programs between the Breeders Fund and the and the uh, residency program are just seem to be bringing horses and filling up farms and creating business, which is causing our folks to hire hire people and and uh, do capital projects and things that you just haven't heard in a long time around here in Virginia, just an enthusiasm to get going. I mean, we've actually seen new farms open or versions of farms that were there and closed or reopening. And so uh, it's just very positive, uh, very positive stuff for the horse industry and, and, uh, and green space in Virginia. And we just, you know, I just would hate to see that enthusiasm and momentum slow down because it's something, something we need. It's uh, it's what, uh, it's it's part of the lifestyle that brings people here to Virginia. Now, last year, like we said, you you had uh, historical horse racing, Colonial Downs for the first time, and and you you mentioned the residency program, and the residency program basically pays bonuses to horses in their racing careers who spend part of their pre-racing careers in Virginia. Is that program? Do you look to look for it to continue this year as is? Any changes? Any tweaks coming? What's your what's your um, what does the future look like for that? I think right now um, we we plan on uh, uh, that this year that 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 uh, program would go forward as is and and hopefully the exciting part of it is we've uh, I hope that we're going to get to announce and, and uh, show pretty uh, in the next couple of weeks is we've started a. Uh, formulated a new uh, certified handicap program so that we've uh, we've built something like the Virginia bread stakes uh, for the uh, for the certified horses um, obviously um, for those that don't know the jockey club doesn't allow us to to do black type stakes for our certified program but we can build a series of races that uh, uh, that they could come in and win some extra uh, you know, some higher type purse money at, down at Colonial. And I think that's a, it's a, it's a really exciting thing because one of the unintended uh, benefits of our certified program, besides putting, putting horses on farms is that coming into this year's Colonial, there's a, a horse population of two and three, four year olds that are, are about 1700 horses that might have a reason to come race at Colonial. And that's uh that's really exciting, especially with all the competition for horses in the Mid Atlantic. Yeah, that that is uh, 
that's quite a is quite a population exactly right um debbie i got one other question i'm gonna cut you loose here uh but nick Hahn, your longtime friend was just texting me and i i look at something and i i realize this would be a good question for you um there's a horse you might know a little bit about named finite what can you tell us about her <laughs> we're having well i'm lucky enough to be a piece of a filly one of the better three-year-old fillies in the country at this time of the year and and uh lucky enough to be uh the leader in points for the kentucky oaks so we're uh we're uh real excited she's down in new orleans and is coming off of uh five straight wins and uh uh just uh a group of friends we put together bought her up at timonium out of the two-year-old sale and uh the the winchells who is a ron winchell and his program uh, that's based in Lexington. They bred her and stayed in for half of her, and uh, uh, she's trained by Steve Asmussen. So uh, I, we're part of just a great team that knows how to do this in big races and stuff, but those of us that are uh, here from Virginia that are part of that are just having a just having a bang-up time following this filly, and, and uh, hopefully you'll see us, uh, knock on wood, see her run in the, in the Kentucky Oaks. She just won the grade two, Rachel Alexandra, at the fairgrounds. Is uh, is the Kentucky Oaks the next stop, or is there an interim stop between now and then? Um, so right now, she uh, the plan is she'll run uh, March 21st in the uh, uh, fairgrounds Oaks. And uh, uh, then from there, we uh, uh, you know, everything being well and she stays sound and happy, is, uh, she'll head to, uh, head to Kentucky for the Kentucky Oaks, which is just incredibly exciting. That is very cool. And, you know, just a, just a thought here, you know, two weeks after the Oaks, there's a race of Pimlico for her, too, if she's really doing well on the Black Eyed Susan. I'm sure they'd be happy to see you there. Debbie Easter, thanks so much for joining us here this morning on Off to the Races, and good luck with Finite. Thank you, Frank, and it's uh, great to have you back on for the springtime. We'll talk soon. All right, that sounds great. That was Debbie Easter, Virginia Thoroughbred Association, Virginia Aquine Alliance, and Kind Words. Thank you for the kind words, Debbie. We're up against a break here on Off to the Races. Derby Bill Nick Hahn still to come, but right after the break, going to bring in author Jennifer Kelly, author of Sir Barton and the Making of the Triple Crown. You're listening to Off to the Races Radio. We're coming right back. Sports, your favorite thing in the world, which means we're your favorite station in the world. Thanks. You're our favorite listener. I guess that makes it official. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Now exclusively at the Home Depot. Give your lawn a one-two punch with a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action and save 50% on a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Ultra Feed. Pick up both bags. Apply Triple Action now to knock out tough weeds and Ultra Feed eight weeks later to green and feed all season. Two bags. One stronger, greener lawn. With a one-two punch of Scott's Turf Builder Triple Action and 50% on a bag of Scott's Turf Builder Ultra Feed. Now, at the Home Depot, how doers get more done. Lost by's last selection varies by store. You have to be up in five hours, two hours, six minutes. And when you hear, you realize that you haven't slept a wink. That's why there's ZQuil Pure Z's, a drug-free blend of botanicals with an optimal dose of melatonin, so you can fall asleep naturally with no next-day grogginess. It's available in both liquid and gummies, tastes great, and is non-habit-forming. Pick up ZQuil Pure Z's from the sleep experts at Vic ZQuil. ZQuil Pure Z's, naturally superior sleep. Available at retailers near you. Buy your next SUV from Luck. Did you know that there are six different SUVs to choose from at Luck Chevrolet? 
from the economical tracks to the people hauling suburban. Luck has an SUV to fit your needs, including the return of the all-new Blazer with six different trim levels for true personalization. See all the models online at LuxChevrolet.com. Call 798-9261 for details. Then go to Lux Chevrolet for a test drive. Lux Chevrolet since 1916. You're in charge of hiring and Indeed has solutions like online skills tests, which let a candidate show that they're the right hire. And we'll give you this barbershop quartet who'll sing the name of the perfect hire. Vince Lundy. Vince Lundy. Vince Lundy. Vince Lundy. Okay, there's no quartet. But skills tests, that's a for sure. See why independent research by Silk Road shows Indeed delivers three times more hires than any other job site. Visit Indeed.com slash promo today and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. Terms, conditions, and exclusions apply. Howdy, folks. Colonel Sanders here, and I'm proud to introduce our newest tasty treat, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Donuts. Fried Chicken and Donuts are an indulgent, delicious, sweet, and savory treat that's cooked fresh and hot to order. If you like Kentucky Fried Chicken and you like donuts, then this will make your day, or night, or whenever time you happen to eat it, which works out just fine because they're cooked fresh and served hot all day. For a limited time, they're available as a chicken and donut sandwich or in a basket with tenders. Kentucky Fried Chicken and Donuts. Get them while they're hot, only at KFC. They're finger-licking good. Limited time only. Prices and participation may vary. It happens only once every four years, and it's happening this Saturday. Leap Day 2020, this Saturday, the 29th of February. And what better way to celebrate this rare occasion than with something even more rare at Diamonds Direct. Come and see a special collection of precious diamonds and colored gemstones and let us help you pick out something they will enjoy every day, but especially on every leap day in the future as a reminder of your love. Put this extra day of 2020 to good use and do something truly memorable with a diamond bracelet, a pair of diamond earrings, a sapphire and diamond tennis bracelet, or an exquisite certified diamond. Ask about extra savings and extra financing options on this one extra day of the year. And like with any other day of the year, you can count on Diamonds Direct for the guaranteed lowest price and a free lifetime warranty. One that will cover you for every leap year way into the future. Diamonds Direct. Take the leap and make this Saturday count. Get directions and store hours now at DiamondsDirect.com. You're never more than 30 minutes from a Richmond Sports Center update. Stay updated here. 99.5 and 102.7 ESPN. Welcome back, everybody. Off to the races radio here midway through our second show of 2020. Talking thoroughbred racing and breeding from here, there, and everywhere. My name's Frank Vespi. We still got Derby Bill and Nick Hahn. We got handicapping to do. We got the Fountain of Youth to talk about. But right now, I want to bring in author Jennifer Kelly. Jennifer, the author of Sir Barton and the Making of the Triple Crown, hard at work on her second book. Jennifer, welcome to the program. Thanks, Frank. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> Good morning. Thanks for thanks for joining us. She's also, I should point out, writing a monthly column for the Racing Biz at theracingbiz.com, column called Backtracks. It's on some of the maybe semi-forgotten stars of yesteryear in the Mid-Atlantic region. And Jennifer, let's start with this. How, how did you get interested in slash involved with writing about r- horse racing's past? 
Well, it's a that's a really good question. It's one that I I love to talk about because I I could talk about this all day long. Um, I've been a horse racing fan since I was a kid, so little short person watching you know the sport on television. But I grew up in Alabama where it's not very common to be able to you know watch horse racing or even know people who are involved in the industry. But there was something about the romance of it that I just fell in love with. And I've been a writer and a reader, you know, pretty much since I existed. So it was kind of a natural fit when I was looking for a different uh, path for my career to think about writing about horse racing. And since I live in Alabama and there's really not a ton of access to racetracks and and other things, I turned to horse racing history because, I mean, why not? And, you know, I saw that Sir Barton hadn't had a book written about him. So did my research and decided, well, I should do it. <laughs> and so from there, it's kind of grown outward into, you know, writing writing for you guys and, you know, other experiences writing this next book. So it's, it's really gratifying. I enjoy it immensely and I could talk about it all day. It's kind of amazing that that Sir Barton had not had a book. He was the he's considered the first winner of the Triple Crown. What um, in your research as you were writing Sir Barton, the making of the Triple Crown? Um, what did you what what surprised you as you, as you did that research? What what surprised you about him or about his career? I think what surprised me most is you know I I read a lot of books from the Triple Crown growing up. I've watched the Triple Crown races for more than 30 years. Like, I thought I knew what what the story was. And the more I delved into it, the more I really got to in, into contemporary sources that talked about the horses of the time. I found that he was not this afterthought that he always seems portrayed as. Like, he was not the horse, you know, going into the Derby of 1919 that was just there as his stable mates, you know, companion. Like, Billy Kelly and Eternal were the two winter book favorites for the Derby that year, but the closer they got to the actual race, the more Sir Barton seemed to loom in everyone's estimation. But when you read, you know, any book on the Triple Crown, they always tell you, well, you know, Sir Barton was there as the rabbit for Billy Kelly. I really was the other way around. <laughs> he was there more as a favorite for the Derby, you know, especially in his own stable, than even Billy Kelly was, because Billy Kelly had been a sprinter to that point. So they weren't entirely sure he could hold his speed, but Sir Martin had shown through multiple workouts that he was more than capable. So that was the thing that surprised me most about the the whole experience. There are other ones, but that one was really changed like a lot of the direction of what I was going to say in the book. That's interesting. Now, when he won the three races, the Kentucky Derby, the Preakness Stakes, the Belmont Stakes, though at that point it was not considered or recognized as a quote-unquote triple crown, was that considered, you know, were people looking at that saying, this is a pretty significant thing this horse has just done? Yeah, definitely, because even as soon as the following year with, um, with the course of 1920 and Man War, they were talking about, you know, what horse could take down the double, talking about the Derby and Preakness. And then, you know, as you look into the way that contemporary turf riders were talking about the races, 
it evolves over the next couple of years after that, even into, you know, the Derby, the Freakness, and the Belmont are this sort of triple crown. When the term is first used, really, in 1923, although it doesn't gain traction until much later. So it was it was significant because people saw not only the prestige of winning those three races, but this is an era when purses are going up in order to you know, generate interest in the races and to attract horsemen. And so as the purses went up and as the prestige increased, you see people more and more saying, you know, this is something worth doing. This is something noteworthy, worth, you know, pursuing. But, you know, because of the limitations of travel in that era, it wasn't, it wasn't always possible for every, you know, derby winner to try to follow that trail. But as we get closer to like Gallant Fox in 1930, you know, certainly the technology and other other things come into play, which make it even more possible than it was in Sir Martin's day. Talking with Jennifer Kelly, author of, excuse me, Sir Barton and the Making of the Triple Crown. And Jennifer, let's turn to uh, your next book, the one that you're working on right now. And that's another book, uh, another story with substantial Mid-Atlantic connections. Yes, I'm very excited to be working with Gallant Fox in Omaha. Because again, as I was doing research for Sir Barton, I you know had to do a lot of research into what other books were out there that were along the same vein. Because when you're looking for a publisher, they want to know what is out there that's comparable to what you're doing already. And obviously, with Sir Barton never having had a book published, you know that made this what I was doing pretty extraordinary. What well, turns out, the same thing is applicable to Gallant Fox in Omaha. No one's ever written a book about just them. Now, you can find books about Bel Air Stud. You know, there's the Kimberly Gatto book. There's a book uh, you can buy at the Bowie Museum that's Bel Air from the beginning. Like, there are plenty of books on, you know, the stud itself and the different horses and the Woodward family and whatnot, but none that focus exclusively on the two Triple Crown winners and really talk about their career in depth. And so that's my goal with the next book is to, it's called preliminarily Foxes of Bel Air. And the goal is to talk about Gallant Fox's career and Omaha's career in as much depth as I can to really explore how with those two horses, the Triple Crown starts evolving from this, you know, novelty thing that Sir Barton did into this major pursuit that basically, you know, is the first six months of our calendar now. Like, you almost can't do anything for the first six months without talking about the classic races. So that's my goal with Gallant Fox and Omaha is to really give everyone an idea of what exactly went into going from Sir Barton and this sort of post-antebellum uh, Racing, you know, World War One era into now the 30s with the advent of the starting gate and radio and television and all these different technological advancements. So I'm excited. <laughs> yeah, no, that, that's interesting. I, I when, when should we expect to see you in uh, in Maryland in Bowie at the the Bel Air Museum and and also the Salima Room at the uh, Bowie Public Library? Oh, I don't know. That's a really good question. <laughs> I live in Alabama, so it's one of those where I can't just jaunt over in the car, unfortunately. That's a trip that we are discussing, but we haven't had an opportunity to uh, nail down a date. But I do look forward 
to being back in Maryland, I was at the Preakness this past year, and while I was there, had, did not have the opportunity, sadly, to make it out to Bowie and to Bel Air, but I'm really, really looking forward to that because I know whenever we do get out there, we're going to spend several days there just exploring the area and try and get a lay of the land so that we can, you know, really understand where Gallant Fox and Omaha were for so long and what Woodward built in the course of his time at Bel Air. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's pretty interesting. You can you can obviously see the building still, and um, there's there's certainly plenty of horse history here in Maryland. So Jennifer, we're gonna have to cut you loose here, but did want to ask you: Is there a website people want to learn more about these books? Maybe buy uh, the one that's been published, Sir Barton: The Making of the Triple Crown. Where can they go? You can find uh, Sir Barton through my publisher, which is University Press of Kentucky. You can also find it at your favorite bookseller. So if you prefer Amazon, it's available there. Barnes & Noble, you might be able to find it in your local bookstore, just depending on what area you're in. Um, I, you know, you can always, if you want to order a signed copy, you can um, go through me and I can help you with that part. Uh, and if you want to learn more about foxes, uh, foxesofbelair.com is the blog that I've started for that project. But if you want to just, yeah, you know, I'm about to go on, you know, and order a couple of books myself because I, I need a couple of copies to for friends and whatnot. So, yeah, KentuckyPress.com or Amazon or wherever you prefer to buy your books. All right. That sounds great. Jennifer Kelly, you can also keep up with her work on the racingbiz.com. Two, uh, two editions of Backtracks, a monthly series on uh, past racing greats from the Mid-Atlantic are in the books already and more to come. Jennifer, thanks so much. Have a great rest of the Saturday. Oh, thank you so much, Frank. It was great. I look forward to talking to you again, and I look forward to doing more Backtracks. All right. That sounds great to me, too. That was Jennifer Kelly, author, hard at work on her second book about Gallant Fox in Omaha, the first and I believe only father and son winners of the Triple Crown. Up against our final break here on Off to the Races, when we come back, Derby Bill Watson, Nick Hahn talking Fountain of Youth, huge card at Gulfstream Park, lots to do. You're listening to Off to the Races Radio. Don't go anywhere. Jason Tatum and the Celtics play host to Russell Westbrook, James Harden, and the Rockets. Back to three. Got it. Harden's cooking again. Today at 8 Eastern on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Presented by Indeed. If you look around your neighborhood this spring, you'll notice something happening. The lawns are greener, thicker, healthier, and, well, just more beautiful. And that's thanks to the local expertise of Virginia Green Lawn Care. With over 100 licensed certified technicians, and one dog. At Virginia Green, we respect the lawn with programs backed by science and over 15 years of experience. Get your free estimate now at virginiagreen.com and soon your yard will be Virginia Green and your neighbors even greener with envy. Don't go out to eat. Go out to Ida at Chili's. Chicken or shrimp fajitas are now on three for ten. So hear that chicken sizzle. Ooh, yummy. Or that shrimp sizzle. <laughs> they sound so similar. People laughing and having fun. <laughs> Uh, hey, Gary, maybe take it down a notch? It's a bit much. Sorry. sorry. Just kidding, Gary. Live your truth. <laughs> Go out to Ida at Chili's for three for ten. That's a starter, fajita, and Coke, all for ten bucks. Together, we Chili's. At participating restaurants only, price may vary in Hawaii. This week, find great deals at Walgreens. Right now, Arm & Hammer laundry detergent is buy one, get two free. Plus, wonderful pistachios are six ninety nine. 
Shop these everyday essentials you need and other great deals right here at your neighborhood Walgreens. Offer valid with card while supplies last. Restrictions and exclusions apply. See store for details. Do you own a business or help make the marketing decisions where you work? Then why not advertise with Richmond's number one sports station? Market your company during one of our exclusive play-by-play broadcasts or local sports talk shows. In March, we're headed to Brooklyn, New York with Richmond and VCU at the Atlantic 10 Men's Basketball Tournament before traveling to Atlanta for the NCAA Final Four. To learn more about these sponsorship opportunities, call 804-672-9299. Be part of the winning team. Begin advertising today with ESPN Richmond. It's names you remember. Cox, Chipper, Glavin, and Maddox. Grissom on the run! Yes! 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 Atlanta Braves have given you a championship! Their success helped build a winning tradition in Atlanta. But now, it's Acuna, Freeman, and Hamels donning the tomahawk across the front of their uniform as they embark on a third consecutive division title. This is your new home of the Atlanta Braves. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. It happens only once every four years, and it's happening this Saturday. Leap Day 2020, this Saturday, the 29th of February. And what better way to celebrate this rare occasion than with something even more rare at Diamonds Direct. Come and see a special collection of precious diamonds and colored gemstones and let us help you pick out something they will enjoy every day, but especially on every leap day in the future as a reminder of your love. Put this extra day of 2020 to good use and do something truly memorable with a diamond bracelet, a pair of diamond earrings, a sapphire and diamond tennis bracelet, or an exquisite certified diamond. Ask about extra savings and extra financing options on this one extra day of the year. And like with any other day of the year, you can count on Diamonds Direct for the guaranteed lowest price and a free lifetime warranty. One that will cover you for every leap year way into the future. Diamonds Direct. Take the leap and make this Saturday count. Get directions and store hours now at DiamondsDirect.com. We've got College Hoops Talk every Friday afternoon from World of Beer and Short Pump. Lexus of Richmond presents the Basketball Show at 5 on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Welcome back, everybody, off to the races radio here. My name is Frank Vespi. Final segment talking thoroughbred racing and breeding from here, there, and everywhere. Going to be joined at this moment by Derby Bill Watson and Nick Hahn. Derby Bill, Triple Crown Trail starting to heat up today. That's got to sound pretty good in the Derby Bill household. No, I've tried to drink from the fountain of youth many times. And the fountain of youth from Gulfstream Park really kicks us into gear after watching the Sheiks this morning, early this morning, over in Spotty Go for $10 million, uh today. It's good to follow a bookie from Alabama named Jennifer. <laughs> yeah. Last time I was down there, I was at the dog track in Birmingham. So I can relate to being a bookie in Alabama. Yeah, not not a lot of bookies in Alabama, I suspect, but uh, I'm glad you have drunk from the fountain of youth. Nick Hahn, thanks for the emergency text to ask the question about finite. That was uh, that was the winning answer. Yeah, I mean, got to be excited. I didn't realize that Philly was on top of the Kentucky Oaks uh, standings until Deborah uh, Debbie said that. But uh, yeah, you were talking about Sir Barton. Uh, Sir Barton actually stood in Virginia. At uh, Audley Farm, so uh, 
Virginia Sire there with a uh, with Triple Crown uh, labeling. So, um, yeah, great show today. Well, we've had a lot of fun, so thanks for joining us here, guys. Let's dig in. Let's start with the Fountain of Youth. And Derby Bill, I'm looking at this race, this is kind of a curious card, or kind of a curious race, rather, in that you've got a number of horses here who just look like they're filler, but then a number of horses who really could win. So give us your take here on uh, on the, fa- the grade two fountain of youth, kind of the, the a significant step in the direction of the triple crown. Well, this is like my gun runner play in the Pegasus a couple years ago. I'm all over Dennis, the menace, Dennis, the moment, Dale Romans here. This should go off as a favorite here. Big Dale, uh, Virginia Derby champion trainer, just hungry with this horse to the horse stumbled like, uh, Revealed did at Wegmans the other day out of the gate in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile. Uh, Dennis Bowman, uh, field is stellar. I mean, uh, uh, it's one of the better fields in the Fountain of Youth in quite a while. So you might want to go deep in this one, but I'm singling uh, Dennis moment at the end of a $750,000 pick four play. You're singling on Dennis moment because uh, what you had te- or what you sent me earlier, I thought you were saying you were going to go five and twelve. You're going to use Chance it in here as well. Well, I will add the twelve, which is Chance. If I continue winning at the Cheek, we buy races. Ah, okay, good enough. Chance at the winner of the Mucho Macho Man Stakes last time. So, what do you think, Nick? Derby Bill singling on Dennis Moment, who got left at the gate in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile and hasn't raced since. That's um, we're talking about basically three months now. First major disagreement of the young radio season so far. Uh, <laughs> completely wide open. I think there are a lot of horses that stand the game points. Uh, you know, horse like Dennis's moment, but at uh, Indian might be a horse. Shotsky has points. This is going to be like a major um, step toward the Triple Crown. There are a lot of horses that can really take a big step up today. I hope that the Wolcotts up in the Plains, Virginia, have a real good table today up there at Gulfstream Park because they have a number of interests on the entire Gulfstream Park card. But, you know, the Fountain of Youth, it's a mile and a 16th. It's 50 points to the winner, which basically makes him an automatic uh, entry to the Kentucky Derby starting gate. Um, you know, it, it's, it's I like the horse. Last year, I somehow came across Country House and was able to benefit from riding that horse, uh, even though I didn't have Country Horse on top on Derby Day. Um, this year, I, I like this horse, Country Grandma. This is a horse hired by Tonalist, uh, who was uh, of the Wolcott. Uh, of course, Tonalist ended up winning the 2015 Belmont Stakes, uh, thwarting, actually 2014, thwarting uh, California Chrome's Triple Crown. And he is the sire of 15-to-1 country grammar uh, in this race. And I really like this horse coming off a win. And I, I think Shotsky is a horse you could look at here. As seen on TV is, is coming back after a you know a pretty good run at Gulfstream Park. So I I love the card today at Gulfstream. Lots of under stakes racing before the Fountain of Youth. Uh, I think this Fountain of Youth is wide open. 
Shotsky, a horse you mentioned, is uh, Maryland-based for a young Irish trainer, Jerry O'Dwyer. He broke his maiden at Laurel in his second career start and went on to win the grade two Remsen. Finished an okay second in the grade three Withers last time. Got to take a step forward today to beat horses like Dennis Moment and Chance It. But we'll, these are young horses kind of improving all the time, so we'll see what happens. Derby Bill, you sent me a pick four starting with the 11th race and uh, big guarantee on the pick four ele- races 11 through 14. Let, let's go through that if you don't mind. And starting with the uh, grade three Canadian turf. Yeah, Molson play of the day here was four deep in this one. This one's, as Nick said about the fountain view, this one's just as wide open up top. Four classy horses on top. I'm using Hey Dakota, Dakota. Um, Jason Service uh, turned this one up in a $65,000 claimer, but off a big layoff. This one and Sabella, uh, the Todd Plutcher's uh, second try off of both of these off big layoffs and ran one back, but they're ready. Toned the trainers, great trainers, still have a tone of horse to get it ready for a big race, and this is a $50,000 race. Hombay, the Tampa Bay Stakes stinker he had. Oh, my God, he was worse than some shrimp I've had in Tampa. Uh, but also his second trip off a layoff for Mike Maker, so I look for the bounce back there. One, five, and four. And then we've got the long shot, English B, Virginia Derby winner. Uh, might get a piece of the Nick Holland exotic WE pie at 15 to one. Uh, four wins at one mile is the key. English B won in, you know, a quarter of the Virginia Derby, but has four wins at base distance, so he's dangerous at 15 to one. All right, so you got one, four, five, eight. Let's actually just chew through your stuff here. One, four, five, eight in the 11th, in the 12th race, which is the Gulfstream Park Mile, grade two, going a mile on the main track. Uh, Bill, you got the one, three, five, nine, which includes Bodie Express, the horse who ditched his rider at the beginning of the Preakness last year. Yeah, that was some scene at the Preakness. Uh, uh, reincarnation of his dad's Kentucky Derby run where he took the lead and just went for it. But he expressed, got to get out of the gate, and if he goes, he can wire this field. And uh, obviously, Fat Man, I'm emotional this week with Mardi Gras and Fat Tuesday, so Fat Man has to be a sentimental play. Uh, number three, Zendra, Todd Pletcher, uh, he burned out his last trip. Uh, he's got to control his temper up front with Bodie My Express. Can't get in a duel with him up front and have something left at the end. And then Mr. Freezer, obviously second and the Pegasus, a little surprise there. But shouldn't go off as a favor to Gulfstream today, Mr. Freeze. And then finally, 3-4-6 and the 13th, the McDermott at grade two. Um going a mile and three-eighths on the three-eighths on the turf. You got a thread of blue. Saddler's Joy. Uh, you don't have Saddler's Joy, do you? You do have Saddler's Joy. That's a Woods Lane that Nick just referenced. And um, the six-horse who's Zulu Alpha for Mike Maker just won the Pegasus World Cup. Turf Invitational. We'll put uh, Derby Bill's uh, pick four out on social media. Nick Hahn, what about you? You got a, a pick and a wager you want to play? I'm going to just try and get these 15 to 1s. I'm glad to hear Derbyville mention English B and Sadler's Joy. One other race to kind of keep an eye on today, the Palm Beach Stakes may have the future Virginia Derby winner running in that race for this year. Uh, three-year-olds on the turf. So 
excited about the fountain of youth. This race creates a lot of champions. Uh, promises fulfilled who started in the Derby or who won the Kentucky Derby all won this race. So uh, very excited about the fountain of youth today. Yeah. You mentioned the Palm Beach. Is there a horse there that you like that you're looking at saying, hey, I might be seeing this one in Colonial in a few months? Well, Michael Maker has fancy liquor. It's 5-1 to one coming off a win and his first start. So that's a, that's a horse I have interest in. A lot of those horses in this field, though, just not a lot of racing experience, as you might expect for three-year-olds on the turf this time of year. So this is, this is where they develop. And... Um, a grade three leading to uh, a bigger prize uh, this summer at Colonial Downs. Uh, talking with Nick Hahn, Derby Bill here, 90 seconds to go. Last thing, you guys got to get in and out on this in a hurry. Nick, who's your top Derby contender right now today? Oh, it's, uh, it's uh, Monomoy, uh, the book. Mr. Monomoy? Mr. Monomoy. Mr. Monomoy. Monomoy's girl is, I think, also starting today. I think I saw where that horse might be running today. But, uh, yeah, I like Mr. Monomoy. I like the connections. And so far, that's that's my favorite. How about you, Bill? Uh, Dennis, the menace, of course. Uh, and uh, McKenzie in the uh, $10 million race today. McKenzie's owned by Watson, so I got to go that way. <laughs> All right, so we'll see Dennis moment a little bit later today. Grade 2 Fountain of Youth, the feature of the day at Gulfstream Park. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me here on Off to the Races. Look forward to talking with you in just seven days. Thanks a lot. That was Derby Bill Watson, Nick Hahn, our stalwarts here on Off to the Races. We are at the end of our program. Quick thanks. Thanks to Matt Josephs, our producer, for doing a stellar job, as always. Thanks to our guests, Derby Bill, Nick Hahn, author Jennifer Kelly, Debbie Easter, Daryl Wood. We got a bevy of guests. Great job, everyone. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, of course, to our listeners. Otherwise, I'd just be talking to myself and I do that a lot, but nevertheless, this makes it better. Keep up with racing all week long on The Racing Biz. You can tune in next week at the same time to hear the independent voice from Mid-Atlantic Racing and Breeding. We are The Racing Biz, theracingbiz.com. My name is Frank Vespi. This has been Off to the Races Radio. Have a great week, everybody. We'll talk to you in seven days. Atlanta Braves baseball has a new home. Hard hit ball in deep right field. Heads up in the chop house. Gone. Atlanta Braves Braves baseball is coming. coming. The season opens March 26th in Arizona on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. As the second half of the season picks up speed. Every game really counts. Jason Tatum and the Celtics. Face the Rockets. Foul and one for Tatum on the drive. Houston and James Harden will have their hands full in the garden when they try to spoil the hometown fun. Harden's got it. Puts it on the deck. One shoots for three and knocks it down. Rockets and Celtics. Today at 8 Eastern on 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. Presented by Indeed. From the G Law Firm Studios, your personal injury attorneys. 99.5 and 1027 ESPN. WXGI Richmond.